Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to episode number 159 of the Vex on Vex podcast. My name is VexX, and today we are joined with my dear friend, Starscream's first photographer ever in the year of our Lord, 1994. This is Mr. Brandon. How are you, sir? I'm doing all right. So you were at our first three shows. Yeah. Ever. Yeah. <laughs> well, you might as well be. So we were called the Broken back then. But it was still King Sam and myself, you yeah. know. All right. Sam, yeah, Sam, you go ahead. I don't, I don't, I don't remember what. You have to, well, I point to the microphone, that means lean in, because you want uh, one of these. Yeah, uh, I tend to mumble, and I probably won't be very loud. I'm sorry. And that's okay. We'll adjust. Um, uh, there's Jim. Jimmy James was the bass player, and Dave Rosmere was the drummer. I couldn't remember. He still hates me. Like, 28 years later. Dude, before Jim was in the band, when I met King Sam, there was a bass player, and his name was Jeremy. And Jeremy comes to the fucking shows still. Like, he'll show up and be like, hey, I'm Jeremy. He jammed with us a little while ago on acoustic. It was pretty awesome. He's great. And then our drummer quit. And then he didn't come back for a while. But there's a new drummer, so it'll be okay. We're not allowed to say that as yet. But if you pay attention, you, you know who it is. But no one's allowed to say. It's like a new thing. Today is going to be like our first... Fourier, 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 into the possible political discussion. And I always say the Vex and Vex podcast is not political, but Tuesday's election day. Today is the 5th of November of 2022. I have to say, I'm, I'm glad I don't live in Pennsylvania because it's a rough choice, isn't it? I, there is no lesser of two evils. There, I don't well, Fetterman literally has brain damage from May, literally. Yeah. And Dr. Oz might be the devil. He really might be Satan. He, he's. He's definitely shady. <laughs> I mean, tell me what politician really isn't shady. He's not a politician. He's but, medical. But I, I realize that. But well, he's he's more Hollywood, I think, than medical. Mm-hmm. You know, and you know, we've had plenty of actors become uh, politicians. Truth, Reaganomics. I, uh, uh, uh. I, I I I prefer Reagan to a lot of the others, but I know. Okay. Agree. I'm not a Reagan guy. Reaganomics was rough, man. Um, Go ahead. Reagan, in my opinion, uh, kind of set things up, and basically Bush and Clinton really just didn't screw things up. The senior Bush was a much better president than we give him credit for, in my humble opinion. Like you're saying, just didn't mess things up. I don't know, man, because all the stuff that Bush enacted in his time set Clinton up for success later. Like, because if you understand, you go in the 80, we were in, we're on the balls of our ass in 80 coming off. Like, and it was weird because I liked Carter. I really, really liked Carter as a person, not such a good president. There's, there's a lot of good things to be said as, uh, for Carter as a person. I like him as a person. The plan for, uh, the homes, the homes, uh, what's the, I don't know the terminology, but he builds homes. Uh, Habitat for Humanity. That's it. Habitat for Humanity. Uh, which my wife and I actually did a uh, uh, one time we went and helped build a house that's awesome one day but it was a thing through her school yeah uh, but and he still does that shit and he's 90 some years old yeah, so you can't stop the guy and he's he's still doing good stuff and just not a good politician right? I, I didn't agree with you know, politics you know granted i was go- just going politics by what my parents said because you know how old i was sure at the time. and 
looking back, you know, what the economy was, I and mean, Grant, he did sell out the future to a certain degree. He did spend a ton of money to get us out of Of course. We of course. But then once that, you know, the Band-Aid was sort of pulled off, and you know, Bush did some nice things, and we succeeded through Clinton. It's weird because during Clinton, all the Bush stuff set us up for success and everything Clinton signed in eventually would fuck us for the future again. Yeah. Literally with the whole job placement in other countries, that's a big deal. There, like there's a lot of mistakes made. And I at the time I, I wasn't aware of any of it. So I think at the time I'm like, Yay, Clinton, you know what I mean? And then he was like getting a blowjob in the office and I kinda thought that was and, interesting. And honestly, still to this day, you know. I could, I couldn't care less who he was sleeping. With. No, but the, the policy fucks me up because what he—it was at ninety-six. He signs it in. I think it was ninety-six. So he signs it. Is it NAFTA? Is that how you say? yeah? So he signs NAFTA in ninety-six, and it gives away like you can be a U.S. corporation and just have all your like overseas people, and you're paying six dollars. Like you're paying people six dollars a day to make a fucking Nike. That's not good, and they're still charging hundreds of dollars for the Nike. Right. That's not. And that was Clinton, just saying, Democrats. And then people, all right, I'm sorry. I'm going to step on the thing. I'm not political normally, but I'm Lithuanian. So my parents, when I was growing up, had family in Lithuania under Soviet Russia rule, okay? USSR, when communism was the fucking all it was over there. They had microphones in the hotels when they visited people. Like, it was very obvious. Big Brother was watching. Fuck the evil empire. Like, I'm, all, I'm, I'm very anti-USSR. I really am. So when people in this country are like, yay, socialism, fuck them. Fuck those people. I own a business. Communism is not where it's at. Capitalism for life, for real. But go ahead. Capitalism, to a lot of people, doesn't seem fair. That, you know, somebody can make so much money, you know, and other people don't make as money. Okay. Um, uh Bill Gates. Yes. Okay. He builds, you know, he goes, he starts, you know, Microsoft, you know, uh, with, you know, uh, Paul. I, it doesn't matter. But, but he starts know, Microsoft. Is, and, you know, they, they work at it. They, they build it. And it they grows, and grows and grows. They stole Windows from fucking Apple, though. That happened. Well. No, that's the, not even the, a, the idea. They didn't <laughs> steal like Apple's code. No, no, but the but, the, the idea of it. But the idea, and and you know, uh, what is the uh, imitation is? Distance you know, zero's form of flattery. Right. Yeah. I hear but, you. I mean, but Apple. Look at Apple. No, Apple's an evil empire too. Apple's huge, I and mean, Apple bought a lot of companies and just to be able to get different things, you know, like iTunes, I forget who, who they bought so as to be able to do the iTunes thing. Mm -hmm. and it, it, it's a give and take, you know, with all these huge corporations, but at the same time, just because somebody puts the time and does what they can to build their, their business, their empire, as it may be, and they gain that wealth, well, that's the American dream. That's capitalism. Just because, you know, Bill Gates is worth billions of dollars, and one of his employees gets minimum wage somewhere along the line I mean, at the very end of the ladder. Well, you know, that is kind of fair because that employee. Not kind of. It's fucking fair. Let me make that crystal fucking clear. If I go to med school and I become a fucking physician, I deserve to make hundreds of thousands of dollars a year. Now, in a communist fucking country, you're going to get paid 30 grand a year no matter what the fuck you do. So what's my motivation as a human being to not be a guy who sweeps the street? 
Why would I bother to be a fucking physician if I make 30 grand a year regardless? And wait, wait, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. I'm upset about, I don't like communism. I got fucking problems with that shit. I know it firsthand and motherfuckers don't, but I do. Now, here's what kills me. It all goes to the top. And the people sitting on top of communism have summer homes. They all have Mercedes Benz. Like, it, there are spoils to it. It isn't just like, oh, my brothers, I take care of you. And lastly, and I happen to believe in God. I just happen to. I like God. That's my thing. Not to be your thing. You can't. Under a communist regime, there is no God. That's fucked. I don't like that shit. Say it again. The state is your God. And people, ignorant, very young people in this country are like, no, man, fucking communists. Get the fuck out of here. I'm telling you, they don't know it. I know it. They don't understand the fucking gravity of it. And it's not my job to tell them the gravity of it, but look something up. Read a book. Google. Google's everywhere. Like, fucking learn. History's real. I'll let you go. I'm sorry. I'm going off. No, I'm, you know. The the guy who you know is making minimum wage, what did he? What is he risking? What 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 did he create? He's not really creating anything. But he now. has the opportunity to do whatever the fuck he but wants. He, you get that income, and then you take your income. You learn what you can about that job, and then you start another business and try, you know, building something along that line. If nothing else in this country, if nothing else, you have the opportunity to fucking win. Now you might not win, and that's fine. We never got a major label record, record recording contract. We just never did. But I had a lot of fucking fun trying. Oh, yeah. I've seen different parts of the world and different parts of the country playing rock and roll with my dear friends. That's just fucking cool. I didn't get the record deal. Now I'm going to tell you something else that's unpopular. Oh, I'm going to talk shit today. Oh. There's a band from Philadelphia that got a $3 million recording contract. I remember when it happened. I knew them. And they went, and they turned their back on all of us. They were too cool for school. No problem. I understand. You know, whatever. None of these people have money. They got $3 million up front from the recording company. They didn't sell anything. They went on huge tours. And now, and this is the God honest fucking truth. Every two months on Instagram or something like Facebook, members of that former project are now selling their gear to be able to have money to make their next record. When every month I buy new fucking gear. So capitalism's real. But like also through hard work. Yeah. You go in the sun and you do your job. I, not that hard. <laughs> but, you go out and you work outdoors. I don't know if we talk about what your other jobs are. Oh, always, 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 okay. always. Well, I mean, you try going up on a, on a hot roof. Yeah. And in Philly, with this flat roof on a 90 or 100 degree day, even if you're basically just uh, kind of telling your guys what to do. No, I'm the, I'm the tech. It's, it's still. I'm the tech. I do everything. It's still everything. hot. You know, you're still dealing with torches and. Of course. Yeah. I, I burn my pants a thousand times. I can't wear shoes with laces anymore because they melt. It's good times. I mean, it's, but you got to put, you know, some of the, you know, heart and sweat and everything like that. So as to be able to create something so as to be more than just that guy making minimal wage. Yeah. And you've got a wonderful house. You know, Why, thank just, you. Just talking about all the stuff, you know, you know, the pretty things you have to look at. Um, you know, the guitars, the equipment you know it it's it's like almost coming to a museum and always looking around what else is new <laughs> i mean it there's a certain level you know yeah we're both you know hardcore star wars geeks most definitely you know, we're, we're coming from that generation that actually saw you know the first film in the theater yeah man. as a kid and it was just like wow and now that we're adults we're still geeking out of course and you know uh, at least you know, my son's 12, 
And it's like he's enjoyed watching, you know, the Mandalorian with you know, the Baby Yoda, the Grogu, or whatever. And, uh, it's been fun. Well, we're going to spin off. I have a question. Sure. Are you watching Andor? I watched it. What's I your think f- it's over, right? No. There's, there's, it's definitely not over. I just, no, definitely not. It was, I, I, it was like episode seven or eight. Yes. Yeah, I haven't seen any other episodes come up on the TV since. Well, no, Wednesday was the last episode. It comes out every Wednesday. Okay, well, I'll have to check it again. Yeah, I, well, it hasn't come it, out yet. It, it was very slow getting going. It is slow going. And I got to tell you, it's almost like a full fucking film just broken down. And people are saying it's like cinematically amazing. The story's pretty great. It's No, tell me, I want to know your thoughts. I want to know your opinion, please. Like, I was a little let down by the whole Obi-Wan thing. I think it could have been better. I love that they had Vader. Oh, I, I love Obi-Wan. I didn't. It, it was a little bit more fast paced. That thing with the girl, I could have done without, like Princess Leia. Yeah. It's Obi Wan babysitter. Like I didn't need that. I I didn't really. The, the acting of the little little girl Leia and I think she could act. You don't and, think she could and act? The, and the Sith uh, lead female. I, I I was attracted to her. I would tell you that. I thought oh, she was hot. Yeah, but at the same time, just looking at the acting of those two, I really didn't. I, I thought they could have done better. Okay. I'm not an actor. You know, but we but, can judge. We, we pay money to so fucking I, watch I, Disney. I watch movies and stuff like that. And I, I thought they were a little hokey at times. Okay. But that's just me. Um, but I love Obi-Wan. And or it, it's a little too slow for me. It, it's like, okay, understand. You're going to read. I saw the, then, you know, read the thing. Okay. That, that episode was great. But then it's like, it just kind of went back to this meandering. Okay, I understand you're giving us the backstory of casting Andor, and then he shows up in Rogue One. I understand. You know, we have to build that up because we're starting from nothing. Of course, of course. You know, from we scratch. know who, who he ends up being, but we don't know where he comes from. And it's kind of interesting. I do like the little red droid, for whatever reason. <laughs> I, I, like, I like the red droid. Uh, he, I, I, I just find him to be. Yeah, Star Wars usually does well with you know the droids. There, there's a couple in you know Force Awakens or whatever. Uh, I, the little looked like a solo cup on on a wheel. That one I didn't. I have breaking news. If you want to fucking hear it, sure. It's weird news too. This is weird. Weird. This is fucking weird. So it is four twenty nine p.m. Today is November the fifth of two thousand twenty two. Aaron Carter dead at thirty four years old. Do you even know who that is? Wasn't he like a white rapper? Well, something like that. So, you know the Backstreet Boys, the blonde guy? Yeah. He's the little brother of the blonde guy. Oh. And he was like a teenage... Dude, of course, the singer turned rapper and actor was found dead Saturday's home in Lancaster, California. Multiple sources tell us Aaron's body was found in his bathtub. Law enforcement sources tell TMC they received a 911 call at 11 a.m. Saturday that a male had drowned in the tub. Law, law enforcement sources tell TMZ homicide detectives have, have been dispatched to the scene, but we have no information or evidence of foul play. It's standard operating procedure for homicide detectives to investigate such deaths and such scenes. TMZ obtained a photo of the sheriff's cars and paramedics outside of Aaron's home, and the property is surrounded by caution tape. Aaron shot the fame in the late 1990s as a pop singer, releasing the studio album starting with the self-titled debut in 1997 when he was only nine years old. What the fuck? <laughs> yeah, right away, I'm thinking, is it 
suicide. I think it's a fucking overdose. All right, I have a, a co-host for the Vex on Vex podcast who's calling in. We're going to see what he has to say. I guess yeah. so. So you're on the oh, you're on the air. Can you hear us? Yeah, I can. So Aaron fucking Carter's dead. Thoughts? Really? How'd that happen? I we suspect drug overdose. We know nothing. Who's we? Uh, my friend Brandon and I are sitting here having a lovely podcast. You're not here. Where you at? That makes sense. You all right? Yeah, I'm spectacular. So do you have any thoughts on the Aaron situation? Aaron Carter. <laughs> uh, I mean, obviously, dude, was he even relevant anymore? Is it Aaron? Or is he just a guy? He's just a guy, but it's a little sad because, you know, he became famous at like nine years old or some shit, and then he just fucking fizzled away. Uh, I think at this point, we're all aware of what happened to the child stars in Hollywood, dude. He just chalked that up as a loss. Well, that's poignant. <laughs> All right, listen, I'm going to call you back when the episode's over. Is that okay, sir? Yeah, that sounds fantastic. Do that. All right, be safe. All right, later. Later. Dave checking in on his route home from Pistol Razor Band practice. Dun, dun, dun. So you have no fucking opinion either, do you? I mean, it, it's it's sad you know, how many actors, actresses, entertainers, you know, they, they gain a lot of fame when they're young. Everybody thinks, oh, so cute. And you look at this you know, kid, he's able to sing. And, you know, I get it. I mean, it's kind of like if they came out and said, you know, one of the guys from Hanson had died, which. <laughs> <laughs> I've actually seen them live. All right. After his first album sold a million copies, Aaron's second album, Aaron's Party, tripled that number. And from there, he became a regular on Nickelodeon. Aaron also used to tour with the Backstreet Boys during their heyday. His older brother, Nick, was part of the hugely popular boy band. I just saw Aaron Carter in like an interview with fucking Steve-O from um, Jackass. And he's supposedly all sober and clear-eyed and cleaning his life up. But I know he just OD'd and died in his bathtub. I don't know. That's what happened. Sad to say. But that's my opinion on the situation of what the... I, I think the part of it that I find sad is you would think somebody who's achieved that level of star, you know, they've achieved that level of money, income, you know, we're just talking about in capitalism, you know, you would think that they would be happy and not doing drugs and, you know, not potentially suicidal or what, I don't know if it was suicide or... No, it wasn't suicide. ...passed out from doing drugs and not at all from accidental, but either way, you hear so so often, you know, that happening to people who are rich and famous, and they have that level of success. You would think that they should be happy. I agree. Uh, it doesn't su- success like that's not happiness. It's fake. Like I, uh, I avoided fame and success at all costs to keep my happiness, you know, all all happy in the chest. But I wake up in the morning and I I am smiling and I do love my life. And I look around and I like my house and I like my life and I like that I work with my friends and we make rock and roll together and I like what I like how I live. You like how you live. Beautiful son, happy wife, you got a good life. Yeah. Like I can't keep a wife happy, but what are you gonna do? But that's fine. There, there's a new one. I can always find a new one. Well. But no, he he was he didn't have or I have a theory. I'm not a okay. psychologist in any capacity. You need to grow 
through your teenage years and your childhood years and go to school and maybe get bullied or maybe bully somebody or like be in a situation and like interact socially. And the first time you call a girl on the phone and it's all nervous and it's odd and it's exciting and it's fun. The first time you get to like French kiss a girl and you're like 11 or 13 or some shit, pretty cool stuff. And then you become an adult and then you go out into the world and hopefully you'll be successful if you're trying to be famous. If it happens too young, there's no baseline established in the beginning. Like, you know, it's, it's nice if you're going to be successful, be successful later in life. There was, um, there were these monks, right? Asian monks, I believe, who were great poets and they would not publish anything until they were 40. And then most of the time, by they were 40, they had this great work they had built up forever and they became a little famous. But when you're 40, fame's not as scary as when you're nine. And like, you can spot like the first time Starship went to LA was in the summer of 04. And we met a management company and we had a public relations company and we met a bunch of producers and they were all full of shit. And, but we could read that because we were in our 20s. We weren't children. And you're like, well, this is bullshit. And like, you know, whatever. They all fizzled out. Nobody fucking helped us. But that's And in LA, they're like, you're the greatest band in the world, man. We love you so much. And they just walk away and tell the next guy the same thing. So they're full of shit. And that's okay. But you can't gauge that when you're 12. You're, and you're, when you're 12, it gets in your fucking head. Like Scott Bayo is a pretty successful child actor who didn't become a fucking car crash. But then Danny Bonaducci, who's infinitely more fun to watch, by the way, had a lot of shit go down. So I don't know. It's a fucking, I feel like if you don't have a good base initially, you're a little fucked. And let's be honest, the mother, the parents of Aaron Carter were exploiting him because the Backstreet Boys make money. So now they'll push their other son out and make money, which was great. He made money, but he's fucking dead. And he looked 50. Like he didn't look 34. He looked like an older man. Like we have a roadie. Mm, I believe he's living in Texas now. He looks old as fuck because he's been doing drugs for 20 years. And that's 30 years, maybe. I don't know. And that's what you look like. So this kid went through the fucking ringer. I don't know. What are your thoughts? Well, anytime you lose somebody like that, they lose their childhood. Yes. One, one of the things people always said about Michael Jackson. Ah, child molester. Don't give me a fucking uh, parallel uh, there. Okay. I, I, you fucking little kids. Aside from that, <laughs> I mean, how many of them lose their childhood? And then that leads to all sorts of issues, you know, dependency on drugs or alcohol or, you know, trying to fill that void. I mean, I, Britney Spears looks mentally ill on her feed well, and she's been famous since she's fucking 15 years old. She was a child star on fucking Nickel. No, on uh, what was it? Disney. What's, what's it called? The Mickey Mouse Club out of her fucking mind. But then Justin did the same fucking thing and not as much of a fuck up at all. But like Danny Bonaduce, like you said, he's more like the survivor you know, type of thing where he, he was able to get through it. Maybe he had the right people. You know, Danny Bonaduce had the, uh, had to go through a lot of trials. Well, yeah, like, like Scott Bayo is the one I think of that's in yeah, a positive yeah. way. And but, Danny's like the car crash. Yeah, Scott Bayo maybe is similar to Timberlake in that sense, where he had the right people, or he at least had the, you know. A baseline. This, something to like compare it to. The uh, presence of mind to be able to you know, survive that. Where Bonaduce, you know, he, yeah, he survived, but he made a ton of mistakes on the way. It's kind of, I, I mean, you and I both, we've made tons of mistakes in our life. And they weren't and on social media. They weren't on social media, but we survived. Yeah. I, you know. And I, Aaron I, Carter didn't. I, I I feel bad for kids growing up these days. You make one mistake, it's all over social media, and it's on video. It's there forever. Is it? Is it, or just specifics? I don't it, know. It can always come back. Man, 
I'm, I was about to say some things that are inflammatory. I'm going to just shut my mouth. Like, yes, yes, sir. <laughs> Off microphone, I'll tell you an opinion, but I'm not going to say it on microphone. But um, yeah, it's a thing. Have you seen what Jessica Simpson looks like recently? No. It's bad. She's worth a billion dollars with a B. So her and Nick Lachey were married. You see, you don't know any of this shit. You don't know fucking gossip and shit. But see, it's not even modern gossip because Jessica Simpson's 40. Did she uh, date Tony Romo? Mm-hmm. Okay. Fuck the Cowboys, by the way. Just so we're crystal fucking clear. Brandon's a Cowboys fan. He's wrong, by the way, but he's a Cowboys fan. I, I go, like I always say, I go back to the days of Landry and Stallback. My dad was naval, you know, Navy. My mom followed Navy, Naval Academy. Once you pick a team, it's your team. I don't know. I'm, I'm from Philadelphia. I don't say. You know, I am a diehard Flyers fan. And, you know, go Phillies, even though I. Don't really like I, well, they're going to lose, unfortunately. And that's an unpopular fucking sentence, but it, it's happening. Like, it, I, I watched. Reality. Like, the Astros are a great fucking baseball team. Yeah. And we're not. We're good. We got there, and that's awesome. They're a great fucking baseball well, team. They're the first uh, six seed or the wild card team or whatever, the last seed Who? to make it to the Phillies. Oh, yeah. I don't know. Yeah. It's not football. I don't know anything about I, it. I, yeah, you got to give them credit. You know, they fought. You know, they kept coming back and never done it, but you know, I don't like baseball. If you care, I want to tell you why. Sure. So they win in 1980. Okay. When I was four years old, they win. That's cool. You know, when I was four, they don't win again. I'm sorry. They didn't even win. They don't get to the world series again until I'm fucking 18 years old. So from four to 18, they're in the basement. Those are the years as a child, you want to be a baseball fan. And we were garbage. And Mike Smith, oh, the greatest Philly ever. Still, we still sucked. We still fucking sucked every fucking year so I, this is what i grew up watching and i'm like well fuck the fills and at least the eagles had a fighting chance in some capacity randall cunningham early 90s like it was some cool shit you know what i mean so greatest defense alive at one point at one point you know what i mean they, they were amazing they couldn't fucking score a point to save their fucking lives but you couldn't either so that was interesting <laughs> yeah. and um, you really had a time in the 90s but that's over now it's a long time ago yeah, I was born in 72, so 1980, I remember the World Series. And I wasn't a baseball at that time. I wasn't. It, it was. I still have my baseball card collection from back then. And uh, anyway, uh, the Flyers. The Flyers. 1973, 74? No, 75, 76. 70, okay. Or 74, 75. So, yeah. I mean. So the last time they won was 47 years ago. Before I would have memory of it here's the problem every 10 years or so the flyers get there and, and they just can't see it don't win in the 90s what lindros had happened it happened like what eight years ago with us like it's it's a thing i've given up on the flyers not that i'm like anti-flyers but it's a hard fucking sell i was a goalie so i it's the one sport that i did play that you know because i played it's still interesting if Lindbergh doesn't die right pelly would it have been a different world because he was pretty fantastic. He, he was he was special, right? He was special. Hit that fucking wall going a fucking 90 miles an hour. You're fucking turning Swiss cheese, man. Porsche. I, I remember hearing about that at school when the, the morning that it happened. Me too. And a kid in my class lived around the corner from <gasps> where the Porsche was towed. Bullshit. And he saw it? And I saw, saw You saw it? I, I saw a wrecked red Porsche. Wow. And they said that, that was Limbers. And, and it was decimated because I saw it in the news. Yeah, it was, it was bad. It was bad. He was um, not walking away from that. And, and later in life, running with the fire company and ambulance squad, I've seen 
accent. And, you know, there, sometimes you, you see a car that looks like it's got just a fender and you, you got two dead bodies in the car. No shit. Another time you get the car, the roof is ripped in half. In particular, I remember this one girl, she was drunk out of her mind. The car was ripped like a soda can in half. And the trunk was upside down behind her to the left. The front of the car was off to the side of the road. And and she was just sitting there, still holding the steering wheel, like looking around. Like what well, nothing happened? wrong with her. She was drunk. Yeah, but when you're drunk, your body's relaxed and you don't tense up in that fucking accident. It's like a, it's like a quarterback. When yeah. quarterbacks get hit, you know this. You, you relax your body and you let the fucking guy take you down. That's just the way it works. Same thing. Uh, it's it's amazing though. Some of the smallest accidents, you got a fatality, and then other things that are terrible, people walk away from it. Uh, there's no rhyme or reason to it. All right. It's a little little weird. Since you brought up the fire company. My favorite fucking story, and I would love it on my podcast. What happened the time that the Chinese food restaurant had caught on fire, my friend? And you guys went. Well, okay. That one wasn't where we went. So we'll tell the whole story. My, my, I, I have relatives who also were in the fire department and in a town where there's paid fire department. Mm-hmm. And the Chinese food, uh, one of the better ones, everybody loved it, caught fire. Well, the firemen went up on the roof to ventilate. Ladders up. And, you know, they're up there cutting, you know, with the axe or the halogen, you know, whatever. The, well, they, the people they, listening don't know. So you have to cut a hole in the roof. So it's to allow the smoke and everything like that to be able to get out so you can... Damper the in fire inside. Pull out, out the fire inside. But you ventilate. And uh, ventilating is not rockets, rocket science. You just take an axe and you chop and holes. And cutting holes in the fucking roof, yeah. I know, because I fix those holes. But go ahead. When, we're, when they were up there, they found rat, cat, dog carcasses that had been filleted. Uh, basically, the bones were still there, and any of the meat was carved off, butchered. And, and there were racks up there and the whole thing you had told me. There was you know, places where they were keeping animals. There was carcasses. I mean, and... I'm hearing this from, you know, a reputable source, repu- you know, people in the fire company. Um, so, all right, I'm a hijacking. Yeah. I'm a roofer. I drive around the city in my truck, and my eye line always goes to a roof. It just does. That's how my mind works. Okay. I live in Somerton in Philadelphia. It's a very, very nice area. A lot of police officers, a lot of firemen. It's not fucking cheap. Trust me. It's a little expensive. And I'm driving, and there is a place that my dear neighbor across the street, I love my neighbor, he's like, that's the greatest Chinese food place ever. So I order, and I have my food, and I get very ill, and I have bad bathroom time. We'll say diuretic, right? It was bad diarrhea. Bad. Uh, The next day, I'm like, all right, it was a fluke. It wasn't the food. It was me. I did it again. Sick a second time. Fuck this food. I throw it away, right? I'm done. Done with this food. So I tell him this. He's like, oh, they must have put onion sauce or powder in it because I'm allergic to onions, it turns out. So perhaps there was some kind of onion. I said no onions. I'm driving home two months ago, a month ago. It was still warm out. It's still warm out today. It's in November. And I'm in my work truck and I'm coming a back way home. And I'm in back of the Chinese food place, this specific place. And I look up and there's a fucking Asian guy sitting on the roof doing something with his hands. Sitting on the roof. I'm a roofer. 
He had no fucking reason to be sitting on a roof under any circumstances. He wasn't mucking the fucking roof. There was no ladder. There's some hatch that he came out of, and he's sitting there doing something with his fucking hands. And I thought of your story. Well, the reason why they said it was up there was because nobody else can really see it. Exactly. It's you know, If you do it inside... Someone could see. You know, you get a health department or whatever comes through. What's these... You know, but these health departments don't carry fucking ladders in their no. truck. They're not going up two stories. So I'm watching this fucking Asian guy, and I call my neighbor, and I'm like, so, just so you know, I think this is what happened. So personally, bro, I want to go over one day with my ladder and just throw it up on the neighbor's roof like I'm working and just take a look and take some pictures. That's what I want to do. Because it looks like there was a rack where he was, like, stretching something. But again, this is all from the ground. I don't fucking know. I was driving by. Why is there a guy sitting on the roof doing this? The fuck is that about? The fuck is that about? And I got sick. I got sick from that Chinese food. Bad, bad, bad. Do you ever hear the story about the hot dogs and me and the and the mouse? <laughs> Look at your face. Okay, I don't live in the country like you live in the country, but I'm not really in the city. I have a nice yard. There's a lot of grass. There's a lot of trees and shit. And this time of the year when it gets cold, mice will migrate or try to get into my house. And I have a myriad of glue traps and I'm ready for them. And I have like a little kill box set up and it works. It's pretty successful. If a mouse gets in, I find him pretty fucking quick. It wasn't always like that. I moved here. I didn't know it was like that. I didn't know. So my house is very clean. You look around. There's not dirt. There's no food. I take care of my house. And um, my second wife and I had divorced and she moved out and we had a myriad of greyhounds. So I feel like if there was a mouse, the greyhounds... Whoosh, probably eating the fucking mice and you would never know you have a mouse type of thing because they're pretty fast and they're very strong big big dogs yeah. so i never saw a mouse ever i had been in the house for like four or five years at that point so they leave and now my new wife and i are gonna we're dating before we get married and she moves in because obviously i have issues so that's the third wife moves in she's living here and we barbecue one day and it's like a sunday and it's like warm it's like the summer and i bring in all my hot dogs and put them on the counter and then I go out, I'm going to clean the grill and turn it off and the whole thing. When I come back, she's with me and the perfect pyramid of like hot dogs I had made are a little off kilter. And she's like, what the fuck is that? I'm like, nothing, baby. It slipped off. Boozy, boozy, pop. I grab a fucking hot dog, put it in the fucking roll, eat the fuck out of it, right? Right? I get violently ill that night, like bad, like really sick. Like I don't feel well. Again, I'm not a smart man. <laughs> so the next day, get up in the morning, have some more fucking hot dogs, do, 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 violently ill again. We found a mouse in the house. I caught him in a trap. And she was like, motherfucker, you ate the pyramid of hot dogs that the mouse danced across, chewed it up, pulled the hot dog off, and you put it in your fucking mouth and eat it. Very upsetting. Very upsetting. Well, I know you worked in restaurants. I did. How many of the restaurants you worked at in the city? You go out to throw the trash out, and there's rats. Well, all right. I'm going to be you honest go with you. Parts of the kitchen or basement at the restaurant, and there's rats. You know, I didn't see them in the places I worked. You know where I saw them? I worked for Orkin. And when you work for Orkin, now you really fucking see them. Oh, my God. Fucked up story. This is in my book that none of you bought. The Vex on Vex biography. I'm sorry. The Vex X biography. 12 foot tall and bulletproof. Available at smashwords.com. None of you people bought it. That's fine. I'm sorry. I'm hijacking again. He's making that face at me. I'm telling the fucking story. So when I first bought my house in 1997, I needed to get a job. 
And I was like, all right, I'm gonna go work for Orkin Pest Control. And I went in, I got my little truck and I did my thing and they sent me out for a job and I had gone through training and stuff. So you don't work right away. You like shadow other people and then eventually you get your own route. So I'm there like a month and a half or whatever. And now I'm finally working. And they send me out to, hmm, I'm trying to think of the name of it because this is back in the 90s. It was like, you know how Home Depot has the back where it's all open and all the flowers and shit are in it? It was a store like that. If you said the name of it, I remember it. I don't recall what they were called back then, but it was something, something. It was just a bunch of like they would f- feed and seeds and all kinds of shit. No, but something like that. Anyway, giant fucking chains. And I go in and they're like, yeah, the mice are in the back. You got to get them. And I'm like, yeah, I don't care. I'll go get the mice, you know. And I go in and there's just, and I count it, I count it, count it. 86 dead mice all just fucking on top of each other in this back room where they keep the food. And I'm like, all right, I'll be right back. And I go to the truck and I get a giant trash bag and I cover my left arm and I cover my right arm and I'm just bag man. And you got to pick up the corpses and just put them in a different bag. They feel like plastic because they have no bones. It's all cartilage. So when they die, it just feels like plastic. And I'm like, and remember Beavis and Butthead when they got beat up by the fucking gym teacher? A Marine can survive anything. Remember that shit? That's what I'm telling myself. Like, a Marine could survive anything. I'm not a Marine, by the way, in any capacity. But at 22 years old, I'm like, oh, I could survive anything. I'm a Marine. Arr! 76 dead mice, whatever the fuck it was. 86, 96, whatever. A lot of fucking mice. I bag them up, and I went into the office at Oregon. I said, hi. And I dropped the mice on the floor. And I said, I quit. Bye-bye. And I just left. <laughs> that was the end of my working fucking career. I live where there's farmland. Yes. You know, all around me. Yes. So every year. Yeah, you, know, you get starting into winter. We're gonna get bucks. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, they come in out of the field. That's how it works. And I hate glue traps because mice will get on it, and you'll hear them struggle for you know hours or days. You know, well, I I hear them and I get rid of them quickly. I don't deal with that. I, shit. I like the regular traps, just you know, snap the neck, snap and done, and it's you know, but. Uh, well, out that way, working for CVS, my first on-the-books job. Yes. I, my first legal job. Other job was a busboy. It was kind of under the table. All right. Get back to your goddamn story. But CVS. Yes. Uh, huge back room. Everything was in disarray. They had a new manager, a new assistant manager. Uh, they hired two, you know, two third keys and a bunch of part-timers. Okay. And just to clear out the old, the old staff. Bring in new staff. Well, we would literally have to kill rats that were huge. No. In the back. Like in the back of the kill rats. We, there was the poison traps, and they would avoid the poison traps. You could smell it? Something about So, I don't, you know the, how they have all these big metal shelves, and there's like the ladder that goes across like a library type thing? Yes. I remember one time... Slung that thing down and hit, hit a, uh, <laughs> a rat on the head, just the head, and then picked up the body <gasps> in the dumpster. Did you have gloves? Uh, I don't know if I had gloves or not. Fuck. All right. This happened to me very recently. A friend of mine had me climb her roof. I'm sorry. I'm hijacking again. I'm a bad fucking guest. Or oh, host. no. This is what you do. It's what I do. I had to climb a roof to look at her roof. And I go up and there's a fucking dead rat looking at me on the top of the fucking roof. And roof rats are a thing. I've read about them. I've never seen one. And I'm like, but I have gloves on. Thank God. I never climbed without gloves. And I just picked it up and I just tossed it. And thank God, because I have to think about it. It was already crushed. 
How did it get crushed? Or was it the sun? Did it die on the roof and the sun just kind of matted the body down? Dehydrated, you think? So I've had one in my fucking hand recently, like this summer, the past summer. Yeah, that was the thing. And I was like, I yelled at him, I'm like, you got a roof rat. <laughs> um, so you're just picking them up barehanded and tossing these fuckers around. Well, I did also work on a farm. I used to clean up uh, chicken, the chicken coops. You know, it's like it have chicken manure you know, a couple of feet deep and you're sitting with a pitchfork. For some reason, chicken shit is way less than dead corpse of rat for me. Well, I don't know there why. Rats Were there? You don't. Th you don't get. You. You never taught that. I didn't know that was a thing. Uh, well, because rats, you hear city. If you need like the whole fucking underground uh, thing, out in the country, you know, between the groundhogs and rats and everything like that, anything where there's going to be food, yeah, yeah, you know, they sit there and they just throw troughs full of food. Of course, of course. For, of course. So rats are really part so, of it. Yeah. On the farms, there's rats. I never knew that. Uh, that's why they have rats and mice, and that's why a lot of them have a, a bunch of cats, farm cats. That's what makes a lot of sense. And now, they, can a cat really kill a rat, though? Rats are big. It, big. If you get the rats big enough, they'll, they'll kill the cat. Yeah, right? Because they, they swarm. Now, I learned this at Orkin. When, when it's time to find food, they send out the weakest rat. And if you kill that rat and he never goes back, they don't come into your fucking house. So the, the bottom line is if you see a rat in your house or anywhere near you, you kill that fucking thing because he's the weak guy. Because if he comes back, now the boss knows there's shit and now you got 50 of them. There's a great documentary that used to be on Netflix about rats. Okay. You don't care. Uh, no, I was going to say, living out in the country, I had a, a Labrador retriever. Well, now, was he, a, was he a rat hunter? No, no, no. She's just a, a fun-loving dog, but my parents wouldn't allow me to keep her in the house. So the people who had the house before us used to have horses. Okay. So there was a horse barn in the back. Okay. So, you know, she had, you know, hay and everything like that, and you know, straw, actually. Well, one day she was limping, and I couldn't help, and she had a, a sword. Well, a rat fought her for her food. No. And I saw the rat. It had gone under a, uh, it was an old um, bathtub. That people have oh, yeah, for, yeah, 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 porcelain for, for to put um, uh, water or whatever in for the horses. Sure, well, that was still out there. So I grabbed a shotgun, I went out, I had my now late brother in law, he flipped it up, and pop rat came out. I pulled both triggers and buckshot. Did you need both? I didn't need both, but double barrel, I laid both of them. Right All right, I'm going to spin this another direction that I saw something I learned yesterday, and I want to run it by you because you know more about arms than I do, okay? Birdshot, air quotes, isn't supposed to kill people. Like they say, well, no, no, hold on. I want to tell you the official term, and then you're going to tell me the right thing. If I keep birdshot in my shotgun in my house, if somebody breaks in, it's going to stop them, but it's not going to kill them. That's what they say. Keep going. What, do you, what are your thoughts? It depends on the person coming in. If they're high on drugs or something like that, you know, Messed up or something like that. First, I didn't stop. But no, it's my point is it's not going to kill them. I, okay. Okay. It's not going to kill them. Now, you take the bird shot, right? The fucking shot, uh, the shell, and you know the red plastic part that comes off of it. You get some scissors and you cut the shell almost completely around. Yeah. For the bird shot, and then they did a, a test where they're shooting it, and it goes through fucking everything. I've done this. Kevlar. Everything. Yeah. Everything? Yeah. I've done it. So the bird shot, if you augment it, can blow holes in your fucking body, right? Yeah. Well, 
the whole thing goes downrange like like a slug. Okay. Um, but I mean, it's less powder, less oomph than a slug. Usually, a slug will have high brass. Okay. It has more powder in there. Um, but birdshot, low brass, low powder. It's a bunch of little BBs, and you know, if you cut it, the whole thing goes downrange as a slug, and it'll go rip that will go through sheetrock, plywood. I think that's probably, I would say probably going to be lethal. Yeah, well, that's my point. You can take a bird shot and you can make it a lethal fucking round. Yes. And I didn't know that was a possibility because like I remember when I was, okay. when you're a teenager and they're teaching this shit, I, I remember I was told, well, bird shot's not fatal. It's going to, it'll fucking stop an intruder, but it's not fatal. If you don't cut the shell, if yeah. you just shoot yeah, yeah, yeah. like normal, uh, you can easily walk away from it. You could also blind them or, well, yeah. or, or even kill them if you hit them in the right spot and they bleed out. Heads are funny. Heads are funny that way. I mean, That's true. You, you get, you know, the, the artery. The artery. Or the car- yeah, carotid artery yeah. at the fucking the jugular. And if you, if it hits hmm. just the right way, you got, I forget how many BBs on a bird shot, you get one hit just the right way and you don't get pressure on that and get them to, it, it, they can bleed out. I mean, it's not likely. I mean, that's like, you know, the unluckiest of scenarios for that guy. But um, what I was always told, though, and, and this is just what, you know, even police have said, you know, you know, I've asked about, you know, you get a home intruder, they come in the door, they say, shoot to kill. No shit. Because if you get a guy that you shoot, you injure on your property and he survives, He's going to sue you. Yeah. Because the laws are, are that now, way. But the laws of Florida. Stay on my ground. Different yeah. world. Yeah. Go ahead. You know, uh, he ain't coming back. Even if he's a bus, he's not going to be able to sue you. Now, I know that this sounds arrogant to say out loud. I'm armed. Everybody, you right. know. But if you, somebody breaks into my house, I keep a big chunk of metal, like a, a microphone stand, next to my bed. In the dark, in my house, I'm going to take someone's head off their fucking shoulders. I really am. Like, the veracity that I can swing this. Like, I don't know. I, I don't want to pull out a weapon. Like, I'm sorry to phrase that, a firearm. I'd rather just fucking beat the shit out of someone. But then I'm not 60 years old yet. You know what I mean? I feel yeah. like when you get older, you got to depend on your firearm. Uh, I have my golden stick. Yeah, and you it, can it, really it, fuck somebody up with that. I mean, That's a solid piece of wood, man. I mean, I, and, you know, I know how to handle. I played, you know, semi-pro. Really, yeah. Well, yeah. Long story there, <laughs> but um, you know, at the same time, I now have my back issues. I, I'm having to go possibly get the shoulder, you know, rebuilt again. You know, I, I'm now over fifty with these you know, health issues with the joints and everything like that, and the fusions, the fusion in my neck. You know, I. I had to, you know, I literally started thinking, it's like, well, I'm not going to be able to fight off, you know, a 20 something. That sucks to think about, doesn't it? It's like, I'm, yeah, okay, if we get into a fist fight, or uh, even if I'm hitting with the hockey stick, mm-hmm. you know, he can still, you know, do more damage to me than I can probably do to him. My nightmare is Bob Crane style. I'm asleep in my bed and someone bludgeons me in the head. Then you can't defend yourself. I mean, the likelihood of them getting in all the way over to there without something like, I guess, I don't know. That's my little nightmare. I, I heard 
it's funny. I brought up Bob Crane. You know who Bob Crane is, don't you? Uh, yeah. And then he was killed by his like creepy friend. They used to bang chicks together. It's like a whole fucking weird thing. And he bludgeoned to death. So he never saw it coming. He didn't hear anything. He was just sleeping in his bed. And Bob Crane wasn't like an alcoholic or anything. He wasn't like that. He was pretty clean except for the fucking. And so he gets his head bashed in and that's it. There's nothing. You can't fight back. You know what I mean? That's like my, my subtle nightmare is that you're just beat to death. Yeah. But if I have a fighting chance, I'm going to take him with me. That's my theory. Well, I, I'm a light sleeper when, when there's noises that aren't normal. Yeah, yeah. I, I'm very attuned. Granted, I, I'm so paranoid about doing everything right with firearms. I mean, I have a 12 year old son in my house. Uh, but you've taught him how to shoot at this point. Uh, he's, he's been shooting. Sure. I mean, I've gone over By 12, he should know the, tw- the safety. Yeah. yeah. I, mean, I was shooting when I was five. As was I, I, no, no, as was I, but it was a different fucking time. Right. I remember, I, go ahead. I didn't, you know, take him who was that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I didn't have hearing protection. You're just like, We didn't do anything. They got drunk and we went out to a fucking, like, uh, back range somewhere. Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, I have you know, pistols locked up in the bedroom where I have the key where I can get to it. I so think. I have, I have it all planned out. I've, the gun know. safe that you can just punch in the thing and it opens, I like better. I do. Personally. But I've got this set up and And I'm, you're ready. And I'm ready with it. You know, I, I'm I've practiced, you know, I, I have it down pat and everything's ready to go. That's why that is locked up. Sure. Well, is there a lot of crime where you live? I feel like there wouldn't be. No. It's like minimal, right? No. But my short, short, short stint. As a 911 dispatcher, though. Kind of turned you dark. I, I can't say exactly what it was. But it fucks you up. And places around me that I did but I it didn't suspect had issues. Some of the stuff that we had to dispatch you know, to them, I was like, I would never have thought. No shit. And it, it's kind of scary when you hear what's going on. And, you know, nobody knows. You know, everybody thinks the family there is... It's like normal and upstanding. Normal, and upstanding. You know. Drugs have definitely permeated our fucking society, though. The drugs... That's a thing. Drugs really, really affect everyone. I mean, yeah, I, I was just talking about all the pain, you know, the, the things I've had, you know, done surgery-wise. You know, nine back surgeries, two neck surgeries, one shoulder surgery. That's Hulk Hogan shit, but go ahead. And, but after working in the ER... I saw what the opiates can do to people. Sure. You know, people, you know, fighting us in the ERs, biting, kicking, you know, everything just to try to get pain meds. They used to have me on 45 milligrams of Oxycontin plus the fentanyl patch, and I was a zombie. I turned it all in and said, fire my But you're fortunate that it didn't click something inside you where you got comfortable. And then needed it. Wow. And there's a there's no way to really, the physiology of it, everybody's a little different. So you don't know. You have the wherewithal mentally to step back. I saw what it does. You, you saw it firsthand. I've, I saw firsthand too, not that, like street drugs when I was a kid. Like I know, I've seen somebody OD in front of me when I was like seven. So I've seen it. You know what I mean? So never me. It just never me. But it's, it, but it, it is everywhere and it has permeated the fucking society. And like, it's a thing. So there's a, like, it's a huge disproportionate number of crime is just drug related, especially I live in Philadelphia, technically, technically Philadelphia, not really, but I do. The only crime around here to speak of 
is people trying your cars at two o'clock in the morning when everyone's asleep. And if they happen to get it open, if you have a CD in there, it's gone. If you have a phone charger, it's gone. But everybody has fucking cameras. Everybody here has cameras now. So we see these motherfuckers coming up and down the driveways. I lock fucking, I'm from Port Richmond. I was right next to Kennington my entire life. I lock every fucking thing every time. My front door is locked right now. If someone comes in, we would put a bullet in his chest before he can get to us. It doesn't matter. It's locked. You know what I'm saying? Like, I'm not that guy. <laughs> but uh well after working with you yes I, I i can still say it it was the best job i ever had in my life how long were you there about four years and you miss it I, i'm assuming i really miss i feel it. like it'd be a dark place to work i don't know if i'd want to work it, there it is it, it does have its dark side mm-hmm. but that moment that you're able to see somebody's life or really visibly see impact the impact that you had on it real life it, it is amazing sure but to this day i mean i haven't worked there in 11 years sure i can still picture every face that we did not get back <gasps> it's like it's like really that's I, so sad it i still i mean i still see the day when the guy was he was walking and he was awake when he came in. Family brought him in. And all of a sudden he coded. How old was this man? He was probably 60, 70. Okay, so like, older. He, 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 had, he wasn't like a child. Not a young guy or anything. But uh, it's like I'm sitting there, I'm doing chest compressions. And the doctor comes in, does this, does that, continue doing chest compressions. And, just like timing stuff, you know, looking at how long the guy's been down. And I'm in the middle of chest compressions, and he says, Okay, that's a call time of death. And he called out the time. So nonchalant. Down. And peeking around the curtain was his daughter. <gasps> and her eyes locked with my eyes. And I'm like, I'm not stopping. I, I want to keep going. But if I kept going, it's desecration of the corpse. I'm in trouble. Now. Really? At least that's what I was told. Because he because he called it when the yeah, physician unless, calls the time. He calls it. It's called unless there's some earth shattering you know, new. Did she just break down right there? And she just her eyes were just glued to me, and I'm like, I want to keep going. That's but, sad. And it, it it's tough, but you live for those times when you know you make that impact. You're, you're able to save somebody. You're able to you know help them. Uh, I loved it. Now, you have seen mortality on a way that most people have not. How long do you want to live? Like, do you want to be 70? I don't want to be 70. But you have a young son. So how old do you feel like you want to go around the sun? How many times? I really don't know. Yeah, it's weird, right? It's, you play it by ear. I mean, uh, you never know what tomorrow's going to hold. I Truth. Mean, any day, you know, you can you know, wake up and... I got this headache. You go to the doctor. You got brain cancer. You got three weeks to live. Okay. I mean, if if I got told I had terminal cancer, well, I I don't want to keep fighting it, but at the same time, you know, get my affairs in order and tell everybody I love them. I'm out of here. I made a decision a long time ago. I'm not going to go into financial drain to fight cancer. If God forbid it happens to me, I'm going out. Fuck it. I'm not fighting anything. I'm going to get comfortable. I'm going to see how long I have and just ride it out. Peace. Like, I'm not doing that shit. I mean, I'll 
certain things. I mean, if it was just up to me, like, you know, okay, I have a Corvette, I have a Jeep, I have a truck. I'll sell at least two of those if, you know, leave one for my son. And, hey, son, which, what which do you one want? do you want? Yeah. And then you're like, okay, the other two I'm selling, and we're going to go out west, we'll go to Alaska, we'll go cruise, we'll, you know. Go see a bunch of things, do stuff, make memories. Sure. Yeah, that's, um, I, I really don't like that idea of chemo. I'm not doing it. I mean, never, so I'm never people, doing it. You know, oh, yeah. I, I beat cancer with, you know, through chemo. It took me 16 months, you know, and $40,000. But, <laughs> but they're destroyed. I mean, the pain that they go through over that. And then it's like, okay, I'm cancer free. And then six months later, it comes. Around, yeah. Cancer's back and boom, they're gone. Yeah, I'm not doing that. I, I wouldn't want to do that. It is, I'll tell you though, the people in my family don't die from that. The people in my family have high blood pressure. I probably have high blood pressure. I'm pretty like, rah, you know what I mean? But um, yeah, I don't drink, I don't smoke. I might be here a minute. You know what I'm saying? We'll see. And maybe if a stroke happens, that'll be unpleasant, but we'll see. Well, <laughs> the song you had at uh, the beginning. Remote. Uh, Somebody put something so, in my drink. Uh, back when I was, you know, a little rowdy and crazy. Yes. That song, Tangerine Tonic's my favorite drink. Yeah. Is the lyrics. And I was like, well, I don't know what Tangerine Tonic tastes like. Let me find out. And for the longest time, I drank a lot of Tangerine Tonic's. Is it great? I liked it. Okay. Uh, but gin is really. Not good for you. It's all poison, though. Yeah, all of it. So yeah, you know, I've I've given up drinking. Yeah, you know, but you had your moment. But for a while there, you know, and, and yeah, you know, I admit it was partially. It was on a night that I went and saw the Ramones. Uh, yeah, I was like, hey, Joey Ramones, like, cool. Well, Richie wrote that one. Uh, <laughs> yeah, it's a Richie Ramones song. But, but, Still, who was the drummer who replaced Marky when Marky became an alcoholic, which is ironic. Yeah. So it's Mark. You don't give a fuck, but I'm going to tell you anyway. I do love the Ramones. All right. First drummer for the Ramones is Tommy Ramone, right? Then Marky gets the gig because Tommy just wants to be the producer. doesn't want to tour anymore. Okay. And then Marky makes a long run with the Ramones. Like he's the guy and he's a much better drummer than Tommy. He's a pretty good drummer. Like he was involved with other projects and shit like that. Um, I, I can't think of the name. I apologize, but he had a great career. He then he becomes kind of a drunk. And he fucks up some shit and they fire him and they don't want to fire him, but he's fucking up the band. You can't fuck up the band. So they get rid of him for a minute. And then they brought in, um, Clem from fucking Blondie, the drummer from Blondie for like, yeah, from black for like two seconds. I think he played two shows. I think maybe it's one and he was Elvis Ramon and it just didn't fucking work. Then they replace him with Richie Ramon and Richie's the guy for like five fucking years. Richie's the guy. And then Richie says, hey, man, can I get some T-shirt money? And they were like, you're fired, Richie Ramone, because the T-shirt money is where it's at. And they got Marky back. And then Marky's still on tour right now playing the Ramone songs, which I think is fucking awesome. Yeah. So, yeah, you like a Richie Ramone song. <laughs> but there was always something you know, cool about you know, Joey. I love Joey. Uh, my best friend in high school introduced me to music. And looking back, he, he had kind of the, the Ramon look, the long... My best hair. friend in high school looked like Joey Fuckerone. You remember him. He was in a band. His name is Steven. He looked like Joey Fuckerone. Uh, yeah, yeah. He did. Yeah, I remember Steve. <laughs> but well, Steve, Steve was another... He was similar to my friend Todd. Yeah. In, in a lot of ways. Then we ended up being roommates in college. That's awesome. 
in South Philly. And long story there. Uh, some uh, some bad information about a friend was given to me, and it, it cost me a friendship uh, because I I went with the bad information. Right. How'd you verify later it was bad? Uh, I I confronted the person because things weren't adding up, and I, I confronted the person, and they eventually said, "Oh yeah, that was just a bunch of." <sighs> That's so sad. And I was like, "Okay, from from high school, you know." Uh, and he, there's certain people in my life. Uh, I, I consider you one. Todd was one. My friend Dave is another one. Uh, very intelligent. Very hardworking, very just naturally gifted. I, think. I mean, I appreciate the kind words, well, but well, no, I mean, uh, for, considering what you you've been able to accomplish eh. you know, between the jobs, the music. I mean, granted, yeah, you didn't get the. Uh, I didn't hit the goal. I'll tell you that. Well, you, you didn't hit the uh, the jackpot, but um, the people who are of, of above average intelligence, you know, there's the three people that I look at more like that. And he was one of them. And yeah, it, it always has kind of stung after the fact. Did you rekindle? Uh, we did go out and have a drink the one night. But it's not the same. No. I mean, once, once you're older and he was married and uh, had a kid on the way or something at the time, and it, it was just, you know, timing. Speaking of timing. Ladies and gentlemen, this has been episode number 159 of the Vex on Vex podcast. Brandon, thank you for your time today. No, say it louder. Yeah. The Vex on Vex podcast is available on the Podbean application on your phone under the Loud and Loaded Network. And this is VexX telling you to stay frosty.